You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. For all of you tweeting at me the clip of Devin Vassell with the catapult launching shooting form, you guys are entirely too loud. I need you guys to turn it down a little bit. Yes, you, Brandon Robinson, asking me, come on, Walker Mail, we can't do this. What is happening? I'm also talking to you, Nada, who I am supposed to have a safe haven with here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Yes, I'm talking to you, Alex Warren, tweeting at me, Kevin O'Connor's analysis on the video. I'm talking to anybody that tweeted at me with this Devin Vassell video. And Nada, you are enjoying this entirely too much. Seeing Devin Vassell... Some reason tweak his shooting form that was so pure and crisp and lovely. The Devin Vassell that I saw perform at Florida State. What in the hell is he doing in that video, Nada? I I hope it's trick shots. I hope he was making fun of a coach. I hope he was making fun of Leonard Hamilton. I hope he was doing something other than shooting. Because again, if he was shooting like that for real, we may see a fall that we have not seen since again. Pick it again. Kevin Porter Jr. went thirty for character issues. That shot, Walker, is a character issue now. It is a character flaw of the highest order. And again, Walker, I just have a question for you. How does it feel to watch something so pure like Devin Vassell's jump shot and he just sully it and dirty it? How does it feel right now, Walker? It doesn't feel good, Nada. You know the answer to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? If you were a draft prospect, I think I would wait until the second round to draft you based off of character. That's how mad I am at you right now. Today's episode <laughs> is brought to you by rockauto.com. It's an amazing selection. They have reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods and follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not Describe, and at Locked On Hornets. So even right before we started recording this episode, it seems that something else has happened with this video that is significant. <laughs> yes. So as I was trying to pull up the exact tweet from Kristen Peak, who put out that video of Devin Vassell getting shots up with also fellow Seminole Trent Forrest. I was trying to pull that tweet up and I couldn't find it on my computer. I still have it on my phone. So here's the original tweet from Kristen Peak: Projected top 10 pick Devin Vassell getting shots up last night with Florida State teammate Trent Forrest. Vassell averaged 12.7 points and 5.1 rebounds at Florida State last year. The video is making the round, circulating on Twitter. NBA draft Twitter is going crazy. NBA Twitter going a little crazy, although there's a lot of breaking news via Daryl Morey stepping down with his role with the Rockets and Ty Lue getting a job. So, you know, this is actually maybe a better thing for Devin Vassell at the moment. But that tweet was out there of Devin Vassell and NBA draft Twitter is going crazy. Watching Vassell bring the sh- bring the basketball <laughs> yeah. up over his head i'm watching it right now bring it up over his head go i mean almost under his neck on the back side of the nape almost go to the nape of his neck launch that thing high in the sky and shoot on the way down he is getting rid of the basketball on as soon as he starts uh as soon as he starts his descent back to the court and that's not how he shot at florida state that was one of the reasons why i was so high on him 
but it, not necessarily the the quickness of the release, even though I thought it was impressive for how high he shot the ball. He did get it out of his hands pretty quickly. It was just a pure shot where he hit contested shots. The difficulty of the three-point shots that he hit were extremely impressive. And now you have everybody worried and panicking that Devin Vassell's new shot looks like this, at least according to the video that was tweeted out by Kristen Peak. Here's the thing that happened that has changed <laughs> since we got on to this podcast is that that tweet apparently has been deleted. You can't go find it. The only reason that I have it in front of me right now is because I guess people are tweeting at me and, and I, I click on it and all of the tweets, all the responses have been deleted because it says this tweet has been deleted, but I still have it on my phone. I can't look it up on my computer. So what's funny is one, Devin Vassell hits both of those shots that he took in the clip. Oh, and no, no, you got to oh, think no, no, that no. Kristen Peake is no, he does. No, 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 hold no, on no, one no. second. But, but he, he, here's what you're trying to do, Walker. Here's what you're trying to do. No, no, I'm not. You're go ahead, Nada. Fine, <laughs> fine. I'm trying to talk about it. Fine, go ahead. You are trying to how the play, how did the play go, Mrs. Lincoln? Those two no. shots. No, no, <laughs> no. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I was trying to do was that both of those shots went in. And what I'm trying to tell you is that I think Kristen Peake put that out there in the Twitter sphere to maybe give Devin Vassell a little bit more love. Like, okay, there's a couple shots that went in. And in reality, because everybody saw the shooting form and was like, oh, good God, what is that? She deleted it after he got so many negative reviews in somewhat of a mini viral standpoint. And she's like, oh God, I'm going to have to take this video down because Devin Vassell is getting trashed by everyone. Um, I, that's This is significant to me. Like, I look, we can we can start to panic a little too much and take things too seriously when we get these videos. But if that's the new shooting, I saw Keith Smith said he was going to knock it and knock him down a couple of spots. Yeah. I saw seven. uh, I saw Kevin O'Connor talk about it as well, about how that's the last thing he needs to be doing. I I just, I'm baffled. Not a like what's going on with Devin Vassell's shot. I'm panicking. You're panicking. Again, you have every right to panic. And you know, who's also panicking right now, his agent, his agent should be panicking again. We, again, I have never seen a tweet kill somebody's stock so fast since maybe Cam Newton. Again, or again, basically, here's the problem right now. Here's the problem. Because if that, again, remember all the jokes we had about MKG's form and how the meme of MKG's jump shot form is still out there in terms of... That's right. This is what we have now. He has become the new bad jump shooting meme. This is a problem. And again, my guess is that it wasn't Kristen, Kristen Peake didn't take that down on her own volition. What I am assuming is that one Devin Vassell's agent, whose agency I cannot name right now or cannot remember right now, is just called Kristen Peake, asked her what in God on God's green earth was she doing tweeting that? And is now, again, and basically said, if you want access to any of my guys anymore, you will delete that tweet. But unfortunately for the agent, probably, that damage is done. There is no coming back from that. There are certain Um, things that you can come back from. That ain't one of them. Nah, I'll be right back in as soon as he puts a video out of the old shooting form. As soon as that happens, then I'm going to dive right back in. What is also funny about this tweet, as it stands, like, look, this tweet's kind of weird because it's deleted and I have, I guess, just the remnants of it on my phone right now. But what's funny is that the tweet has 14 retweets. Okay. 14. Mm -hmm. 
and it has 408 quote tweets, which, you know, everybody just wanted to share that and just trash the shooting form. So it's not even just 14. Hey, Devin Vassell getting shots up. Trent Forrest, just a little update for you guys. No, it's not that it's, oh dear God, what's going on? 408 quote tweets compared to 14 retweets is funny to me. Um, because you know everybody's analysis on this, and yeah, my yeah, my favorite exactly. player in the draft by a large margin uh, gave me something that I didn't like to see. I am trying to dodge everybody's tweets. Everybody, it, it, I, I think half of those quote tweets were at Walker Mail. I think that's what it seemed <laughs> yes, like. They yes, they were. Yes, they were. Oh, God, <laughs> I know crazy. I was one of them. <laughs> I know you were. I know. Oh, Walker, we got to talk about this. Um, you're right. I'm mad that you're right, but you were right. We did have to talk about that. We'll talk about some other things regarding the Charlotte Hornets. Um, NBAMath.com came out with just the rankings, putting these players for the Hornets on the roster in different tiers, whether they should be getting minutes, low end starters, uh, high end backups. We'll talk about what NBA math thinks some of these players, what tiers some of these players fall in. But first I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food why would you choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers and rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers as i just mentioned so right locked on in there how did you hear about this box when you go to rockauto.com so they know we sent you they have an amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com We'll dissect what NBA math thinks of the Charlotte Hornets roster as it's currently constructed. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I you know, <laughs> I just I spend some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah. Give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun. Now that you mentioned it, how about? Uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the noun I was going to get. A plural noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So NBAMath.com came out with. The headline, Crystal Basketball, hashtag Crystal Basketball, ranking the Charlotte Hornets after 2019-2020. They've done this with every franchise, I believe. They asked the question, how does every NBA player stack up coming out of the 2019-2020 playoffs? And how they write this is that the the question NBA math staff members and and contributors sought to answer is how they stacked up coming after the playoffs or coming out of the playoffs, ranking each and every player in the association on a 1 to 12 scale and then seeing who emerged with the highest averages. The distant past was irrelevant. Long-term potential doesn't matter. Only the level at which we expected them to play right after the conclusion of the season matters. Assuming health for those currently healthy and full recoveries from those presently injured, so long as they log even a single minute during the regular season or playoffs. They also say all players classified by the team for which they last appeared, even if they were since waived or released in some alternate fashion, were graded on the following scale by each evaluator and ties between players with identical averages were broken by sorting the scores from best to worst and propping up the men who had the highest mark at any point in the top-down progression. I know that was a lot. I know that was a lot. Your eyes probably glossed over as as I was reading that to you. But basically, what they're doing here is they're 
setting up all of these different players into tiers and it goes on a one to 12 scale. One mm-hmm. means you shouldn't get any minutes. Two is end of bench pieces. Three is the depth pieces Four the high end backups and so on and so forth. And we can tell you exactly all of the different categories that each of these players are ranked um, as constructed by this 10 game schedule, adjusted rolling player rating that NBA math.com has. And that is defined as uh, using that schedule adjusted roller playing uh, player rating, it modifies the game score, which again is a flawed metric, but one that provides a reasonable snapshot of on-court contributions during any given game. Not only the guys that they have listed here, they put Joe Cheely as the only one that should not get minutes. So that's the we only agree. player on the Me roster. And the math agree on that. Uh, agree. Yes. And, and now here's the one that's, that's, I don't even know how interesting all of this is. It's just, I, I guess just Jalen McDaniels comes in at 13 on the list and I'm high on Jalen McDaniels, certainly given where he was selected with the Charlotte Hornets franchise. I thought he came in and played well. There's a reason that James Borrego even went to him first off of the bench at the end of the season played good defense. I thought had good instincts also showed you that he could shoot the three point shot. And yet he comes in at 13th on this list in the category of end of bench pieces, which certainly could still happen for a guy like Jalen McDaniels. But when you put Caleb Martin ahead of him, when you put Dwayne Bacon ahead of him, when you put um, those guys, as ahead of him in the same category. And then you get to the depth pieces and put Billy Hernan Gomez ahead of him, Nick Batum ahead of him as well. Th- that's where I put Jalen McDaniels in the category of it, you know, like alongside of Cody Martin, you know, Cody Martin was better than Jalen defensively played a lot more minutes. We got a lot bigger sample size from Cody, mm-hmm. but I would have Jalen McDaniels right after Cody Martin, as far as the prospects go, as far as what we've seen, what you can reasonably expect from them, what kind of potential you have. And just the things even that they showed last year, which is what this is measuring with their peak in the 10 game schedule, adjusted rolling player rating. Like I'm just surprised to see Jalen McDaniels be that low, I guess, in that regard. I would honestly put sample size there because again, with you, I'm not putting him behind the undrafted Martin twin. And I'm absolutely not putting him behind Dwayne Bacon, who, again, for some reason, NBA math loves, despite the fact that, like, again, there's probably a disconnect with the math, or at least for me, there feels like there is that disconnect for the math, because I agree with you. Jalen McDaniels is way, 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 way better than we give him credit for. And I also think of all the three people, again, when we go from, again, end of bench pieces, of the guys that can grow, I would put Jalen McDaniels above anybody else so far in this list. Yeah. And so just again, in trying to break this down simply as in the categories and the tiers in which they're listed in, I don't think this is a guy that's the end of the bench piece when Mm -hmm. James Borrego was having him come in as the sixth man at the end of the season. So that was one that comes up immediately. Um, The other end of bench pieces that are here, Caleb Martin, Dwayne Bacon are the only other two guys that are listed in that category. Caleb Martin, you know, we've talked about Dwayne Bacon enough. I don't know if we've talked a ton about Caleb. I mean, he's shown, uh, I think, a decent amount of potential also coming in as an undrafted free agent. Being a twin, which, you know, getting both of the Martin twins, I get it maybe was a little bit of a novelty to have on this team. But also, I thought Caleb Martin came up and, and played pretty well at the end. I think it was the Atlanta Hawks game, if I'm not mistaken, that he had 20 points and, you know, hit a, a couple of three-point balls here and there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, if how high the Hornets feel uh, about 
Kayla Martin and where he projects to be at the beginning of the season for this Hornets roster? I don't think you break again. I think with the way this team is going, I think it's going to be similar. I think the Hornets as a whole have learned from the Dwayne Bacon situation. And I think they're not going to give too much too soon to the guys they actually like. So I do believe that when we start having these conversations about where everybody's going to fit this at the third, my guess is that we're going to start seeing, again, my guess is we're going to see him not necessarily slotted as an end of bench guy, but I expect him to be in the rotation. I expect both of those Martin twins to play almost equal minutes. You might see Cody play a little bit more because he is the more distributing defensive guy. But I think, he, again, when we start talking about Caleb Martin, I think he's in the plans. I just think that he's not as big of a factor yet. He's got to show more. All right, Nick Batum, Billy Hernan Gomez, Cody Martin, Malik Monk, Bismack Biombo were all in the tier um, excuse me, they were all in the tier of just the depth pieces. So these were all depth pieces. Billy Hernan Gomez, Nick Batum, Cody Martin, Malik Monk, and Bismack Biombo, which I think when you're talking about the next category being high-end backups, who can go in there and who can even be considered a starter? Look, the Malik Monk haters will come out at me, and I get that. I think Malik Monk is somebody that provided a bigger impact than just being one of these depth pieces, right? Like I think he was a high-end bench piece when he came in, and certainly in the last 17 games or something like that that he played for the for the Charlotte Hornets, he was somebody that was uh, playing like a damn starter the way that he was effective with that team. Um, so you, you look at him, you look at Cody, I think he can be... When we talk about high-end bench pieces, you know, just for the average player in the NBA, I mean, maybe that's about right for Cody, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just it project what his future might look like. I, I think Cody can certainly move up. You know, a lot of this is really hard to pin to these players, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I think as far as the guys that I consider better than depth pieces, right. Who has the potential to be better than just a depth piece. The only two in this tier that will be in my opinion, better than that and can be it's Malik Monk and it's Cody Martin. Yeah, exactly. I think those are the only guys you invest in Billy Hernan Gomez. We're not sure if he's going to be playing domestically right now, when the next season starts or whenever it starts. And Nicholas Batum, again, he's contract filler. He's the guy that, okay, if there's a, again, great enough package to where we can get somebody, a disgruntled star, then we move him. But if not, he's gone again after the trade trade deadline and maybe he helps a contender. Like, I think a lot of this, a lot of the math kind of supports as, as we'll go. A lot of the math will support what we already saw there are minor things to quibble with as we'll continue to go forward with this, honestly. All right. The high-end backup category listed three this players. This is also where I disagree with with, with the math, honestly. Uh, it listed two players. Excuse me. It was not three. It was just two. They listed Miles Bridges as a high-end backup, and they listed P.J. Washington as a high-end backup. I thought P.J. Washington had certain arguments of being the best player on the team. And, you know, I think there were some stretches where miles bridges had that one stretch, I think where he was playing extremely well, PJ Washington certainly is a guy that, you know, you watched him be extremely effective for the Charlotte Hornets team. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, both of these guys, we project PJ Washington, you know, very well going forward. You're hoping that PJ wasn't the guy that comes in and gives you this high floor and doesn't really expound upon his abilities as much after that. You're hoping that's not the case. I certainly don't think that's the case, but with miles, it's a little bit more of a pressure year for miles to see Mm -hmm. if he can take another step up. 
after getting more responsibility this past season and being really inconsistent. He showed us some things that we like, but also there were some things that he just never improved on. And so, um, you know, I, I understand putting these guys there now. I think PJ Washington is certain to leave that category and miles bridges. You're just kind of hoping for him to be a solid starter in this league at this point. Right. Nada. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm at the point where I'm just hoping for that as well. There's a part of me that really does believe right now that again, I feel like the PJ Washington thing is too low. I understand that the rebounding isn't there to where they would love it, but at the same time, I feel like you cannot. I, I don't think it's fair or it's honest in your rankings to put PJ and Miles at the at the same spot because unfortunately, Miles showed more inconsistency at least with PJ, the floor, again, the floor of what he was, was a little bit higher over the, the, the middle of the season or then where Miles had that one hot streak that made him look like a really good rotational player. And now, it, again, that's where, again, these are the points of the math where I quibble. There's another one that we'll get into shortly too. Well, here we go. Terry Rozier, I imagine, is the player you're talking about. Nope. They have him as a, okay, well, fair enough. They had him as a low-end starter, and they had Cody Zeller as a low-end starter. And I would agree with the Cody Zeller thing. And, I, you know, I agree with Terry Rozier, too. Uh, and I, the, the, the range of opinions on Terry Rozier was so wide from what everybody saw from him mm-hmm. this year. You know, I, I thought that he had played himself at least somewhat close to the value of that contract to the point where it was tradable, which is all I really asked for. I just wanted a value of the contract to get something similar in return in, in, you know, in, in what you signed for him. And I think he did that showcasing his catch and shoot ability, even with the defensive analytics just being so poor for him, he certainly wasn't on a good defensive team and that hurts everybody individually. So, you know, Terry Rozier being a low-end starter is fine to me. And even Cody Zeller, I think, is a legitimate starter. I think he's a solid starter in this um, in the NBA. You know, Doug might be rolling his eyes right now, but Cody Zeller, to me, is a, st- a solid starting five in the league. The only reason that I don't expect them to be a long-term answer for the Hornets because it, it just seems like they've been wanting to move. It seems like they've been rumored to move on. It's a really tradable contract that you have with Cody. It's a rim-running guy that is an athletic big that, you know, can play good enough defense and can do a good job running to the rim. Like, yeah, like Cody Zeller, I think fits pretty well here. Usually mm-hmm. people I think would have him lower than a low end starter, or I actually think he's a pretty solid starter. Yeah. Honestly, like the big thing for me is at least I disagree with the Cody Zeller one. Like that's where I kind of disagree in terms of, you that. think they're too high on him? Yes, I do. I think especially for what he was, I want to say post-January, and I don't know if he was dealing with an injury or something like that, but you saw a lot of teams do something that they hadn't really done before, and that was target Cody Zeller in the pick and roll and target him as the switch in the pick and roll. And for me, at least, the math doesn't reflect that. There was a lot of times where Cody Zeller would be the guy picked on, and for years we hadn't seen that. Last year was the first real year that we saw him get picked on in terms of pick and roll defense and be the, be the mark on defense to basically do that. So I think he's a high level bench piece, but again, at that point, am I quibbling over rankings just a little bit? And quite honestly, just, I don't know. Like, again, for me, Cody Zeller's the guy I think. And again, you've heard me say this before that we picked on uh, Terry Rogier for not being Kemba before. And quite honestly, I think that's the end of it. I think 90% of our issue with 
our viewing of Terry Rozier is that he's just not Kemba. And if he, we just looked at him in like the honest view of what he is, he is a guy that is going to carry a lot of value, especially when you start looking at bench pieces and six men and teams that are looking to contend for next year. Um, the only solid starter on this list of all players uh, on the Hornets roster, it was Devonte Graham and certainly agree there as far as, you know, what he could project to be. And I guess the Hornets are trying to figure out if he can be a solid starter and even more some um, more than that. Or if Devonte is going to be a guy that continues to never finish at the rim at a high level, never get a mid range and even the three-point shooting starts to tail off. You know, we'll see. But I, I've been one to bet on Devontae. He certainly has to be a solid starter that's mentioned here. And, of course, the Hornets don't have anybody else in any of the higher tiers. Uh, the high-end starters, all-star candidates, all-NBA candidates, lesser MVP candidates, and then um, an MVP frontrunner, um, the best player also. I think there's, like, one category they have that's, like, <laughs> that they have one player listed there. So that was the NBAMath.com breakdown of the Charlotte Hornets roster. I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar before ending the show today. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. They have an amazing array of flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're, they're great for the health-conscious guy also, where you can lose or maintain weight. While indulging in a delicious treat, they're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, and they're high fiber. And you can get a free cooler with a purchase at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Just use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. One more segment to go. The Charlotte Hornets continuing to be active in the community, and it started today. One of their most recent endeavors they took on. We'll talk about it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from come from uh, Catawba County. Put so, him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Not a literally about 15 minutes before we started recording the Locked on Hornets podcast. I actually got home from the Spectrum Center where the Charlotte Hornets have used the Spectrum Center as a early voting site. It was really cool. I was really excited to go vote today because I don't know. It was cool to me to go to the Spectrum Center and then cast my ballot. I saw that Rick Bennell was tweeting who has been covering this event um, all day and also was talking about it and writing about it uh, up until the point where today is the first day that you could vote in Mecklenburg County. And I think there was uh, 200 people there, something around 200 people waiting in lines at the beginning. Um, it was a very smooth, quick and easy process, but there were still a lot, a lot of people that were voting. There was so many stations that were set up. Really? Spectrum Center and the Charlotte Hornets have done an amazing job at hosting an early voting site. And I was extremely happy to partake in it, man. It was really an awesome experience that I'll never forget. So I got a couple of questions because, again, I saw different spaces. Did you get any swag for voting? Because I know they didn't do voting stickers because of COVID, obviously. But were there any like voting stickers or anything else like that? Because I know some other spots got masks and everything else like that. 
Um, the one thing that I got was a pen that you nice. use to, of course, give a signature and then fill out just just you know sign the card or whatever, not the card, but sign the paper that demonstrates, of course, this is your ballot. And then on the other side of the pen, right? So it was a twist pen that allowed you to use it. But on the top of the pen, what it was was it was the the touch pad, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you could then flip it over and then vote on the machines that you have. And with the touch screen. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And so that was the only swag that we got. We got a pen that you could flip over and it became a stylus that you could use to vote on the screen in which you casted your ballot and printed out your card and then eventually turned it in and went on your merry way. So that was pretty cool. Um, I thought that was something that was innovative. But other than that, no, we did not get any swag. Um, But still cool. Nonetheless, I would encourage everyone to go vote. Um, and go to the Spectrum Center. They're going to be open for you to early vote all the way through October 31st. And so they're they're not long lines. You would think yeah. the first day of early voting would be the longest lines. There was about 200 people there at the beginning. When I went to the Spectrum Center on the Fifth Street uh, on the Fifth Street side entrance, I should say, when I went there, there were plenty of people, but. I didn't wait in line whatsoever. I went right through. Everything was so easy. They did such a good job taking care of me and making sure everybody was, you know, getting taken care of in a timely manner. It was an awesome experience. So really hats off to the Spectrum Center. Not I know you and I both have been praising the way that the Charlotte Hornets have been dealing with the emphasis, which does also involve uh, voting and making sure that you have the right leaders in place to make sure that we do get some sort of social change. Yes. Um, yeah, I would uh, basically. There's a lot. There's a lot of this, and again, because you've done it and I haven't done it, I was like just kicking around around the idea per se that um, you know what we should do. We should just again. There are a bunch of people in the Mecklenburg County area that have done again that haven't voted yet and are probably waiting for a weekend to do so. So you know, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm not saying I'm going to do it on any specific Saturday, but if anyone wants to do a tweet up meetup and just do some whole a whole bunch of early voting. I mean, bring your mask and maybe we'll set a date. Uh, tweet me, at tweet at me, at not of the scribe. And let's see if we can make this a group thing. Like again, again, maybe we go vote and go do, again, go have a chat about Hornets basketball at the Spectrum Center. Who knows what we'll do. But there you I, go. I, I kind of like this idea of just doing a tweet up and again, not making it just like, this big moral to do, but also make it like some sort of, I don't know, just your civic responsibility. Let's meet up. Let's have some fun. Let's again, go vote and brave the lines together and talk hornets. There you go. At not a describe, not a wants to meet with you, go vote. And then he wants to be a a real live version of the GIF. There are dozens of us. We are going to get dozens of the fans of the lockdown Hornets podcast (laughs) to go out there and vote. And even if it is, hopefully we get even more than that. That would be great. But yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Not a, for you to go meet with anybody that might want to go along with you to the Spectrum Center and go vote, cast your ballot. It was really cool what the Spectrum Center was doing today and what they will continue to be doing all the way through October 31st. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Rock Auto for supporting the show. Thanks again to you guys for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA or really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please do not tweet me any more Devin Vassell shooting videos. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.